Hello and welcome to the Earth Rangers podcast. I'm Earth Ranger Emma and I have an amazing episode for you today. It's going to be wild. Today, the podcast is all about an animal that is a bit of a controversial character. Controversial in fairy tales, that is. Today's animal has been requested frequently by you, our listeners. Hi, our Rangers. This is our Ranger Lean again. I'm just coming here to say that I think you should do a wolf podcast because, well, I like wolves. You never did one before, I don't think, at least. Hello, and can you make, like, a video for wolves? Because I like wolves. Hi, guys. It's your friend, Olive. And could you please do a podcast on a wolf? It's my favorite animal. Bye. I love the podcast. Yep. This episode is all about the wolf. But is this much maligned canine really as bad as those little piggies would have you believe? Stick around and find out. <laughs> Before we start talking about the wolf, I want to help clear up some misconceptions. The main one? Wolves aren't big and bad, and they don't huff and puff and blow down the houses of innocent little pigs. Even though they get a bad rep in fairy tales, wolves are actually awesome. Why? Well, let's find out. We asked some of our Earth Ranger members what they wanted to know about wolves. Here are their questions and our answers. Will wolves bother humans? The short answer is normally no. Wolves and humans don't usually come across each other, and wolves really prefer to avoid humans at all costs. The chances of you seeing a wolf, well, outside of a zoo, is really, really, really low. How are wolves and dogs similar? Wolves and dogs are both canines, so that means they belong to the same family. They're similar in some ways, but really different in others. When you look at a wolf, you can see how it resembles certain larger breeds of dog, especially a husky or an Alaskan Malamute. Do people have wolves for pets? Well, no. Wolves are wild animals. There are, however, people who work hard to help rehabilitate injured wolves and who have jobs that involve caring for wolves, like in zoos or national parks. What's the difference between a wolf and a timber wolf? Timber wolf is just another name for a gray wolf. Is a wolverine related to a wolf? Mm-mm, not at all. Wolverines are actually members of the weasel family. Wolves, as we said before, are canines, like dogs. Wow, thanks for all your super questions, Earth Rangers. Ready to learn more wonderful wolf facts? Here are eight for you. Wild and wacky animal facts. Wild and wacky animal facts. Number one. Gray wolves are super big members of the canine family. They can weigh up to 80 kilograms. Number two. Wolves are carnivores. They enjoy eating large animals like elk, deer, moose, and smaller animals like beavers or rabbits. Number three. Wolves communicate using howls. Different howls can mean different things, but wolves do not howl at the moon. Number four, 
Wolves lived all over North America, Europe, and Asia up until 200 years ago. Their range is smaller now due to habitat loss and hunting. Number 5. Wolf packs usually have between 6 to 10 members. Number 6. Wolf pups, like dogs, are born blind. After about two weeks, they open up their eyes. Number 7. Wolf packs are led by a dominant male called an alpha dog. Number 8. Wolves can eat up to 9 kilograms of meat in a single sitting, but they can also go up to a week without eating at all. Okay, those were some wacky facts about wolves. But you know, I still have a lot more questions. Time to call in an expert. Dr. Brent Patterson from the Ministry of Natural Resources and Forestry Ontario has had many close encounters with wolves. Let's see if he's online. Hmm. Ah. Good morning, Brent Patterson here. Hi, Brent. This is Earth Ranger Emma, international podcast sensation and chief reporter for the Earth Rangers podcast. A bunch of listeners asked for an episode about wolves, and I heard that you are a real-life wolf expert. Is that true? Well, I've been uh, been studying wolves for uh, almost 20 years now. Whether or not that makes me an expert, I guess, is up to others to decide. I'm pretty sure it does. <laughs> so, okay, let's start. First off, do you think wolves have a bad rap? Like, they're often shown as the bad guys in movies and fairy tales. What's up with that? Well, they really do have a bad rap. And I think this is a carryover from our, you know, unfortunately from our European heritage. When life was tougher for all of us, we often viewed wolves and other large predators as competition for game species that we required to live on and, and as a big threat to our livestock. And in some cases, you know, people were fearful of wolves and other large predators as threats to their own safety. But over time, as, as we've learned more, we've found that most of those concerns can be mitigated or prevented and, and that wolves really don't deserve the reputation that they've been given. Rather, they're just a creature that's very well evolved to function as a top predator. And you know, wolves are just doing what they have evolved to do uh, over many millennia. Gotcha. Wolves are just doing wolves. So do you have any really cool adventures from when you encountered wolves out in the wild? Well, sure. I've, ha I've had a few neat sightings. One time, well, one of the first times that I actually saw a wolf, when we, when we first started the work in Algonquin, we were trying to do a survey from a helicopter to, to count the number of wolves in a section of Algonquin Park. And the, the survey involved finding the tracks of wolves and then following them so we actually saw the pack so we could figure out how many were in the pack. And we came across one set of tracks from the air and we couldn't tell which direction they were going. So I had the helicopter land in a small opening and I was going to walk into the woods to see the tracks and, and just determine which direction they were going so I knew we were heading in the right way. And as I walked into the woods, I, I saw the tracks and realized they were really fresh. Then I turned around and looked, and, and a wolf had run out and was standing right behind the helicopter, and it was right behind the tail rotor, and the rotor wash was blowing its fur, and, and, and it, it obviously had never seen a helicopter before, and it was standing there getting blown by the wind looking at the helicopter, and, and the pilot and the other observer were sitting in the front of the helicopter. You know, they wouldn't have been 20 feet from the wolf, and they had no idea it was there, and I could see them just chatting and gesturing at each other. Meanwhile, this wolf was standing right behind the helicopter staring at them, and, and they had no idea. That was the first encounters with, with the wolf in Ontario, and that, that really left an impression on me. Wow, that's so cool. <laughs> a little bit scary. Well, I didn't feel... Uh, it, it seemed to me that it was more curious than anything. Ah, gotcha. Have you ever been surrounded by a pack? Not really. Um, sometimes when we're live trapping the wolves to put the tracking collars on them and to collect our, our biological samples, sometimes if we catch 
a wolf, uh, other pack members will, will stick around the area. So sometimes we'll hear them barking or, or not really growling, but sometimes we'll hear them barking. And sometimes we'll even hear them running around, sort of circling us and running around in the distance while we're working with the animal that we caught. In that, in that case, I think they're just concerned about their pack member and, you know, we've never actually been, been threatened. But for some new people in the field, it can be a little unsettling, uh, you know, hearing these wolves quite close by and especially hearing them sort of running circles around us. Hmm. It's so cool, though, that they they wait and, like, make sure that their pack member is okay. You know, wolves really do have, um, you know, for lack of a better word, they they do have feelings, and they're certainly capable of of expressing emotion. And, you know, if something happens to a pack member, it's not uncommon for the the pack to mourn and exhibit behavior and to vocalize in ways that that make it very clear that that they're mourning the loss of of their pack member. Hmm. Yeah, I've heard that they have a really complex social structure. Can you tell us a bit more about wolf packs and how they work? Yeah, so the complex social structure really isn't that complicated. Um, so people used to talk about wolves in terms of, you know, the alpha wolves and being the dominant animals and then the beta wolves and then, you know, go on down through the hierarchy. But really, in, in most uh, natural areas where wolves are, are protected from hunting and trapping, a wolf pack is just a family, and what we once referred to as the alpha animals are really just the parents or the breeding wolves. And then the, the other members of the pack generally are, are just pups, you know, from, from previous years. So often in a pack, you'll have the breeding pair, and then you'll have pups from the most recent litter, and then you'll still have a few pups from, you know, the year before that, and you might even have a pup or two from the year before that. So those older pups, older siblings, you know, might be dominant over the younger siblings or the smaller ones. But again, really, it's just a family, and, and the the packing order sort of falls into place, you know, the way it would in most uh, most human families. Gotcha. I always thought it was like a community of wolves, but it's it's neat to hear that it's a family. Um, okay, you mentioned the wolf pups, which are super duper cute, and I'm really curious. Could you raise a wolf pup and keep it as a pet? Well, I know some people that have done this, and generally it doesn't go well. So they'll certainly bond, you know, with a human parent. And when they're still young and growing up, they seem cute and playful and friendly. But as they mature, they don't really, you know, their wild instincts begin to take over. And, and they don't really know their, their own strength. So, um, you know, in, in the cases I've known, people will come home and, and their what they thought was a friendly, tame wolf that they were rearing has, has tore the house apart. Or, or even when they're playing with their uh, humans, they just get a little bit too rough in the play and, you know, might bite a little too hard or do things. So it, fundamentally, they're, they're wild creatures and they're, they're wolves and they live a more rugged, uh, aggressive lifestyle than, than most people are, are willing to deal with. So wolves as pets is never really a good idea. Noted. No pet wolf puppies. But, I mean, they look like dogs. How different are they from dogs? That's a good, good question. And modern uh, wolves... And, and all breeds of domestic dogs actually diverged from an extinct wolf species somewhere between 15 and 40,000 years ago. And today, all the, the various breeds of dogs, they look and behave so differently because they've been selectively bred for very specific traits, you know, over many generations. But regardless of that, all dogs from Chihuahuas to the to Great Danes, they all descended from, from a type of wild wolf. So Although they're still carnivores and they have the same basic anatomy as wolves, most breeds of modern dogs have lost most of the physical traits and the behavior and intelligence that they once possessed when they were wild wolves. Yeah, it's hard to imagine that a wolf is the great-great ancestor of a wiener dog or a poodle. (laughs) So are wolves in Canada at risk? Well, we have two wolf species in Canada. So the gray wolf, 
which is found across Canada and in northern areas. Gray wolves extend from Quebec through British Columbia and all the way up to the northern boundaries of our, our three northern territories. They're not considered at risk in Canada, and we have somewhere between 52 to 56,000 gray wolves. The second wolf species is the eastern wolf, which here in Ontario is, is referred to as the Algonquin wolf. It's got a much smaller population size and distribution. Federally, it's, it's listed as special concern, and, and provincially, uh, it's listed as threatened. And so, so we're more concerned about the status and well-being of the Algonquin wolf at this time. Mm, gotcha. It sounds like it's pretty important to take care of them then. Yeah, it really is. Wow, Brent, thank you so much for answering all of my wolfish questions. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, it's been a real pleasure to talk to you today. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. Earth Rangers! Okay, that was awesome. You see, wolves are really not the scary beasts fairy tales made us think they were. But it is still a pretty bad idea to have one as a pet. (laughs) Okay, Earth Rangers, I feel like we've learned a ton about wolves so far. But speaking of fairy tales, what do you know about the wolf's fairy tale nemesis, the pig? Let's find out by playing true or false. 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 All right, let's put your porcine knowledge to the test. True or false. Pigs are smarter than dogs. Hmm, that's a pretty interesting question. I mean, dogs are really smart. Is a little oinker more clever than a canine? Stick around and find out at the end of this episode. All right, let's get back to our main topic for a second here. Gray wolves used to be a lot more widespread than they are now. And it's super important to help keep these carnivores healthy and safe because they're such an important part of our ecosystem. How? Glad you asked. First, because they're carnivores, wolves help to keep deer and elk populations under control. That helps trees and plants to thrive and prevents overgrazing. When there are lots of healthy trees and plants around, they attract birds, insects, and small mammals. Remember, everything in the environment is connected. Wolves also help to feed scavengers, like buzzards, wolverines, eagles, and other animals that don't mind eating leftovers. The wolves will eat their fill, then other carnivores can help themselves to what remains. Wolves might have a bit of a bad reputation, but they're wonderful animals that we need to help and protect. Now, what's the easiest way for kids to help protect wolves and other animals? Well, by becoming an Earth Ranger, of course. And luckily, it's easier than ever to do just that. Just download the free Earth Rangers app, sign up, and you're ready to start saving the planet. Okay, looks like it's time to reveal the answer to our true or false question. Ready? True or false? Pigs are smarter than dogs. What's your guess? The answer, which might surprise you, is true. (laughs) Pigs are actually smarter than both cats and dogs. Pigs are able to learn tricks, and they tend to respond very well to food rewards. They can be trained to walk on a harness and are also able to solve problems, like completing a simple shape puzzle. Another misconception about pigs, that they're dirty, untrue. They only like to roll in mud to keep cool, but they'll also wallow in water. One thing pigs don't do, build houses from sticks, bricks, or straw. Now, 
Before we go, let's hear from some of our wonderful Earth Rangers. Yep, it's time for your animal stories on Animal Encounters. All right, our story this time is from Earth Ranger Misha. Hi, I'm Earth Ranger Misha, and here's my animal story. One day, my mom and I were walking in a park with a friend and his dog. The dog started to bark at a rock. But when we looked closer, it was a huge snapping turtle. We were so freaked out, but we let it go back to the water, and everyone was safe. Short and sweet. Cool. Snapping turtles can look threatening, but they are really not dangerous. And they're actually listed as special concern in Canada because of habitat loss, so it's important to protect them. Thanks, Misha. And I think because it was a short story, we might have time for another round. <laughs> Here goes. Last year, we encountered a young black bear in the middle of the night outside our campsite, who was wandering through campsites, so we told the rangers and kept an eye out while we were there for our five days. All right, another super short story. Sounds scary, but you totally did the right thing. Thanks for the story. Ooh, let's do another one, this time from Earth Ranger Agatha. Hi, my name is Earth Ranger Agatha, and I'm eight years old, and I live in East Greenwich, Rhode Island, and this is my animal story. So, one or two years old, and I was driving in Morocco with my mom and dad, and I looked out the window and I saw goats in the tree. My dad saw them too, and he said to my mom, there are goats in the tree. And my mom said, by the tree? And my dad said, no, in the tree. And my mom looked out the window and she saw the goats in the tree. The end. <laughs> That's funny. And it's true, goats can climb trees. It's pretty funny to see that. Thanks, Agatha. You know what? I think we have time for hmm, two more short stories. Let's hear them in a row. Hi, Earth Ranger Emma. My name is Earth Ranger Abel, and my first time encountering with wildlife was when a tree fell down in my backyard, and there was a nest of rosella chicks in it. So we helped them by building them a nest and we put them in it. There was about six Rodella chicks and it's been a few months since we've done that and we're hoping that they've all flown away. Bye. Hi, my name is Michaela and I have a story about a mother robin that built a nest on our stepladder. We needed to use our stepladder so we put on gloves and carefully moved the nest, which contained three baby blue eggs. We built a wooden structure and put the nest on the top. The Mama Robin was happy, and I am happy that we are Earth Rangers. Wow! Rosella chicks? Earth Ranger Abel must be from Australia. The adult birds are so colorful. And a robin's nest on a stepladder. Well, I'm glad you were able to move the nest to a new and safe place, Earth Ranger Michaela. You both sure did the right thing by protecting the nests of those birds. Because that's what Earth Rangers do. Protect the animals. And if you want to help more birds, we have a special mission for you. It's called For the Birds, where you'll learn how to build a cool bird feeder using an upcycled plastic bottle. Check it out on the Earth Rangers app. Guys, these were great stories. 
Hey, have you ever had an amazing animal encounter? If you have, we want to hear all about it. And as you heard, it doesn't have to be a long story. Short stories can be really interesting too. You can tell us your tale by visiting earthrangers.com podcast and click on the leave us a message button. You have until the end of August to send in your story. And in the fall, we'll pick a winner who'll get a special Earth Rangers prize pack, including an Earth Rangers water bottle, a limited edition button set, and a surprise plushie. So hurry, I can't wait to hear all your amazing animal encounter stories. Well, Earth Rangers, I'd say today was a howling good time. Get it? Howling? You know, like a, like a wolf, eh? Okay, anyways, thank you for joining us. Tune in next time when we learn all about some more awesome animals. Stay rad, Earth Rangers, and keep on... Wait, no, 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 okay. I have an idea, guys. Let's all howl together. Ready? Here it goes. Three, two, one. Oh! Hello parents, homeschoolers, and teachers. Trusty narrator here from the Who Smarted podcast. Our 15-minute episodes are perfect for car rides, bedtime, break time, class time, or any time. We make learning science and history fun and funny for 7 to 11-year-olds with new episodes every week. Look for Who Smarted on any podcast platform or at whosmarted.com. And teachers get a free subscription to our ad-free version by clicking educators at whosmarted.com. Hey, animal lovers. Earth Ranger Emma here to tell you about my favorite app, the Earth Rangers app. By signing up for a free membership, you can access tons of fun content like daily animal trivia, puzzles, top 10 lists, and my podcast, of course. In the app, you can send me notes by commenting on the episode pages. I just love hearing from you. You can also complete environmental missions, do eco-friendly crafts, and help protect animals. And if you use the code Emma in the code vault, you'll earn 25 bonus points to help you level up. Download today, and I'll see you in the app.